Welcome to or welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Phillips, and my goal is to empower you to take that next step on your health and fitness journey. As a fitness, health, and lifestyle entrepreneur, I will share with you stories of triumph, struggle, optimism, and empowerment in all aspects of fitness and health from myself and many guests who have overcome the same obstacles you are working through today. Let's dive into today's topic and get you some actionable steps to apply to your journey. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. Before we jump into today's topic, I want to quickly discuss my book or ebook that is coming out in the next couple of months. I'm so pumped about it, and I've gotten some really good feedback from when I put out my solo episode last Wednesday, just discussing what the book was about and how I was requesting some, some help from you as like a beta tester to kind of read through that book before it comes out officially published. So thank you for that. I'm continuing to accept um, interest with that through the end of May. So of course May hasn't even started yet, but if you are interested in reading this book and being a part of this journey and you want to offer your feedback because you feel like you're a Disney expert or you love Disney or you want to go to Disney and you're struggling with how to maintain health and fitness while you're there, this is for you. So email me, danny at the dietdoc.com. So D-A-N-Y-E at T-H-E-D-I-E-T-D-O-C.com. I'm so pumped. And y'all, I know I told you I was doing a thousand words a day. I wanted to be at 30,000 words by the time April was finished and I've already gotten there. So I'm going to recap everything, go back and kind of relook at my first rough draft, get all the questions and comments together that I left in there for myself so that when I go back to Disney mid-May, so in a couple of weeks, I'll be able to even further develop what I've put together. And I just feel so strongly about it. I really know that you're all gonna just love it. It's gonna change lives and it's gonna give you this, this mindset and perspective that you may have never seen before or never thought you could have. And that is that you don't have to automatically assume that you're going on vacation and you're gonna be off track and you're gonna fall off that bandwagon. It's the opposite. You're gonna be able to thrive with your health and fitness on vacation while still in indulging and enjoying all of those fun things that make Disney magical, but you're not gonna come home and feel like you have to go back on a diet or that you need to do hours and hours of cardio to work off what you gained while you were there. No, it's gonna be just the opposite. And I'm so excited to just share that with you and just see all of the success stories. I just have this really positive feeling inside and I cannot wait, but we'll talk more about that later. I'm gonna keep mentioning it in every episode up until the time that that deadline is up. So you will hear a lot more about this book and maybe some excerpts and things like that. But for now, we're going to jump into this episode where I am interviewing my mother-in-law and her journey through recognizing that she has and had multiple sclerosis, with it, which is an autoimmune disease. And she has just overcome so many obstacles and struggles and 
and really she is thriving now and she's been able to change her lifestyle and her dieting nutrition approach and we're going to talk about that in depth too as well as her approach to you know how did she get treatment and what kind of treatment was it and what things should you consider if you have multiple sclerosis or you're interested in a ketogenic diet or you know somebody else who has an autoimmune disease that this might be beneficial for so let's dive in no more chit chat from me let's hear from martha well, hey everyone, welcome back to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. I'm super excited to be here today and to share another story with you all. Um, today we'll be talking with my current now uh, mother-in-law. I don't have to say future mother-in-law anymore, so I'm excited. <laughs> but this is going to be Martha and Martha's stem cell story. So Martha has multiple sclerosis or MS as it's more commonly known. And she's been through quite a journey, which I'm excited for her to share with you all today. But she's gone through a bunch of different stages of battling through this. And she's recently had um, some stem cells, which have really transformed her life and how she's approached this autoimmune disease. So I'm going to let her take it away. Um, but Martha, thank you for being here. And I'm, I'm super excited because we chat all the time. So now we're just going to do it with a recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. And um, yeah, I'll be glad to talk about my journey through MS. Awesome. Well, and I don't know if we've ever talked about like, how did you, how did you actually come to find out that you had MS? When was that? Well, I was diagnosed in 2010 and um, I've, I've done occupational therapy for oh, shoot, 19 years now. And, um, and at the time I was working in a pediatric clinic and, you know, I've had tons and tons of patients that have had neurological issues and abnormal reflexes. Well, so I started noticing that I was having some abnormal reflexes and it's kind of technical and hard to, um, explained in non-medical terms, but the reflex that I noticed that I was having is called clonus, um, and you have it in your leg, and um, it's elicited by like a, a, a quick um, stretch of the like Achilles tendon, um, and then that will cause your, um, your leg to kind of jump up and down, almost kind of like you're bouncing your, your leg up and down. And being a therapist, I knew that that was caused by, in technical terms, an upper motor neuron lesion, which is not good. And, uh, and, and it's, it, you only have it if you have brain damage. So I knew this was not good. And uh, so finally, I was in my primary care doctor's office for like a urinary tract infection. And I kind of had to wait a little while. And I was just like, you know, I should. I should actually tell him about, you know, all these little symptoms I got going on because in my head, I know without a doubt there is something neurological going on. And so <clears throat> I was telling him and he kind of looked at me like with his mouth hanging open, like, oh my gosh. And uh, so I did a neurological exam and all of my reflexes were abnormal. And, uh, and he knows I'm a therapist and he knows I know what he's doing and what's good and what's bad. So he never even really said, okay, that's abnormal. He just looked at me because he knew I already knew. And so he sent me for an MRI that day, which was inconclusive. Um, so then, you know, went on to the neurologist and, you know, out of all the things that could cause um, these abnormal reflexes, MS is probably your best choice because a lot of the other things will kill you. 
So, so <clears throat> which one won't kill me? I'll go with that one. Yes, and that's exactly because <laughs> I told him my symptoms, and he's like, "Well, I don't think you've had a TIA, which is like a little mini stroke." And I looked at him and I said, "I was thinking more along the lines of MS." And he's like, "Hmm, okay." And so that's when he did the neurological exam. <clears throat> so yes, I mean, it was like, you know, if you know all the things that could be wrong, you're kind of hoping for MS because the rest of those are much worse. And yeah. uh, so, so did you already know what MS was before you started having the symptoms or is that something that by doing your own research, you went, you kind of like connected the dots? So yes, I knew what MS was. And this is a little bit of the crazy thing because doing occupational therapy, you know, the only MS patients I ever had we're pretty far advanced because occupational therapy is about um, people's function. So a, an MS patient would not end up getting occupational therapy until they had difficulty, like with their daily activities, like getting on and off the toilet. Like I actually had an MS patient that pretty much sat on the toilet all day long because she could not transfer herself on and off of the toilet. Oh God. <clears throat> exactly. So that is my only perception of what MS was like, I'm going to be disabled and in a wheelchair and, you know, because that's what I'd seen in my own practice. So, <clears throat> so about a year into my diagnosis, I had a friend and I'm going to name her because I love her and she deserves all the credit in the world. Her name is um, Carla Harris. Um, she was my middle son, Thomas's, um, baseball coach's wife and so um you know they knew me before ms and so she just hounded me until i started seeing a chiropractor um who had he's just really into wellness and his name is dr william davis and she hounded me like called me every morning before eight o'clock for like a week to ask me if i had made an appointment to go see him and <clears throat> ironically the day I was in my PCP's office, I picked up a local magazine and there was an article about this doctor and two of his MS patients and they had done fundraising so that those two patients could go to Panama for stem cell treatment. And, uh, and so that's probably why I went ahead and said, you know, it kind of triggered me like maybe I should actually talk to the doctor and see if I have MS. So it's almost like God kind of connected all these dots for me. Wow. So the Panama, like you knew that going to Panama was an option like years ago. Yes, exactly. That's crazy. Yes. And I don't remember you talking about Panama until maybe ever. before exactly. you went. Exactly. So, um, and so, and that's why now, like even sharing my journey, you know, there's a small part of me is like, go to Panama, go to Panama, because if I could raise the money to go, anybody can go to Panama. But then I look back at my own story and you just have to be in that place and ready to go and do it because, you know, until you're in that place and ready to go, it does seem like craziness to leave the United States to go get medical treatment or craziness to $25,000 to go do this when there's no guarantees. Um, and, you know, for me, it was, you know, I was finally to the point, you know, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. So when I started seeing Dr. Davis, um, who's a chiropractor, he's way into wellness. Love that guy. Um, we all call him doc. You know, he pretty much changed my life as far as looking at my, 
disease from a wellness standpoint. You know, he changed my diet. The day I walked in his office, I weighed 192 pounds. My blood pressure was 148 over 114. And I think I was taking like 10 prescriptions. Oh my so, gosh. Which is just crazy because I didn't know you at that weight. I know. I, I, you were probably like 130, maybe 140 when, when we first connected. But exactly. um, wait, so how, how long from the time that you kind of started noticing these symptoms did it take for that weight to come on? Like what, what would that look like for somebody? It came on in about a year's time because of number one, just inactivity, um, not eating. And I know that sounds crazy, but you know, I've had this conversation about, you know, not eating enough calories. Um, and one of the medications my doctor put me on. So the weight came on pretty quick, but the medication was helping and, you know, kind of argued with my PCP a few times, like he wanted to change it. And I'm like, no, I'm starting to feel better. And when I had put on, well, probably about the time that I started seeing Dr. Davis, he did switch my medication. So it's kind of a, you know, those two things went hand in hand, changing the medication and Dr. Davis, you know, put me on a wellness plan. Mm -hmm. So from that point, it took about nine months to get that weight off, which is pretty fast. I think it was like 72 pounds in nine months. So that's really pretty fast. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so well, uh, take it off a little bit faster than you put it on. It sounds like if it came on in a year and you took it off in nine months, that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, and it was, and it was a complete wellness plan from the standpoint of, and you know, anybody with MS, um, you know, that causes muscle spasticity and, um, in my opinion, massage and chiropractic care are just kind of a standard, like weekly treatment, um, just to maintain some good body alignment and, and health and being able to move and have less pain. Um, so there was a lot of that. I bet I was in his office four or five times a week, um, oh, wow. getting, getting massage, you know, three times a week and, um, and all of that just really trying to get my body back to some kind of close to normal, you know, while I was also doing the diet. And, and the diet is a lot about, um, well, none of it actually was about losing weight. It was all about making your body healthy. And if you make your body healthy, you're naturally going to lose weight if you are carrying extra weight. Um, so Doc has been a part of my life now for about seven years. Um, you know, and he's, he's walked this journey with me and, um, you know, listen to me cry more than once. So hey, you got to have those people that you know, yeah, you're yeah. comfortable crying around because that's yeah. where you get the most, uh, kind of like, like that where you're able to put out so much of the information that you kind of have built up inside of you. So. Right, right. And it's, and it's, and it actually took me years to realize it kind of is healthy to cry, um, because you are letting out, um, I mean, chemically, you're getting rid of toxins in your tears all the way to emotionally feeling better and spiritually feeling better. And that, you know, in line, like I said, wellness plan, he really did, you know, talk to me about, you know, emotional health and spiritual health and, you know, the whole nine yards <clears throat> and managing my stress, which is, you know, probably the number one component when it comes to disease is stress and stress management. 
and um, and I have to tell you another kind of God thing was I kind of was really established, you know, a month or so with Doc and doing this wellness plan when your husband <laughs> mm-hmm. called me so excited that he was going to Afghanistan. And I was like, <laughs> great, you know, and uh, so, you know, that was probably one of the most stressful things, you know, in my life at that, you know, at that time. And uh, so I think if I hadn't already been on this wellness journey, I'm not sure if I'd have made it through him going to Afghanistan, to be honest. And um, so that was truly helpful in managing my stress. And even to this day, I don't watch the news. I'm very careful about being around negative people. Um, I don't watch the news. I don't even watch stuff on TV that's too dramatic, you know, because I'm just like, I don't, yeah. you know, I just, that's not my baggage and I'm not, I'm not carrying it. You know, I got enough of my own. Uh, Yeah. It's too negative. Like if it's not going to directly affect me, I don't need to put that extra stress on. There's no reason. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, so I still, you know, I still, that's part of my journey is managing, you know, the best I can. Um, and I'm a little bit of a control freak. And so learning to, um, know what I can and can't control. I mean, that's huge when it comes to stress management. Um, you know, cause if you keep trying to control stuff that you can't control, um, that's like being on a hamster wheel. You're never going to win. Can you give us some examples of things that you definitely recognize that you tried to control before you started this wellness plan that you made that transition of letting go? Okay. My kid going to Afghanistan was one. (laughs) Realizing, you know, in the military, like they don't give a hoot if I'm the mama, you know, Um, I have nothing to say about that. Um, (laughs) You know, just being a a mom, you want all your kids to be okay all the time. And, And especially after they're grown where they're making their own choices and, not necessarily asking you what you think. You have no control over that. So you might as well just pray and let it go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even with my health, there's, you know, certain things I can control and certain things I cannot control. Um, when it comes to my health and wellness, I can control, you know, what I put in my mouth. I can control the type of treatment I choose. Um, I can control whether or not I go to the gym. Um, you know, I can't control whether or not I have MS and I can't control what kind of symptoms I have. So really have, I can't control the weather, you know, which when I was really sick, the weather truly affected, you know, pain levels and stiff joints and that kind of thing. Um, I can't control that, but I can control some of the inflammation in my body through, you know, my diet and exercise and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, constantly doing that self-talk of like, yes, that sucks, but I can't control that, but I can control this, which will help, you know? Um, So it's really more, it's more sitting down and almost kind of making a list of like, what are these things that I kind of make an excuse for and say, Oh, I don't have control over this, but actually I do like your health, like your diet. Well, not maybe your own health, but like the, the parts of it, like the diet, like you do have control over what you order at restaurants and what you purchase from grocery stores and things like that. Right. And recognizing that, yes, I can control that and I should be controlling that. And I don't have anything to really complain about if I make a bad choice. 
<clears throat> because you know I do have control over that, um, but not con I can't control. Um, you know, if I get a cold, you know, with MS, anytime I would get sick, it was like you know one million and one times worse, you know, for for me than you know if I didn't have MS. So like a cold or urinary tract infection would like, you know, especially like a urinary tract infection, um, I had to learn to recognize that really quickly and to do something about it quickly. Because if I didn't, I would end up in the emergency room. So I can't control if I get a UTI, um, but I can learn to recognize it and do something about it as soon as possible. Um, but also recognize that if I get that sick, just nobody wants to go to the emergency room, but you know, suck it up. You don't have a choice go, you know, uh, yeah. versus waiting until I'm so sick that, you know, my husband practically has to carry me out to the car to get me there. Um, so, um, and that's not fun for either of you. No, it's not. And I'm sure, I mean, you know, he never says anything, but I'm sure the times that I was at my sickest, I'm sure that had to scare the crap out of him, you know. Um, I would have to imagine though he doesn't say much. <laughs> I know, I know. He just he just rolls with it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I always have to kind of stop too and think about him, you know, because I kind of get caught up in like, oh, I'm the one that's sick. The rest of y'all should get over it. But while I'm the one that has the diagnosis, it truly does affect, you know, him and you know, the two younger boys when they still lived at home. I'm not sure how much it's ever affected, you know, Andrew because he was already gone, um, you know, when I was diagnosed. But, you know, I'm sure it affected the other two boys when they would be still living at home and I would be sick. Um, you know, I always had to kind of remind myself that it's not just me. It's, it can affect everybody around me. So. Yeah, it does. I mean, I think over time you've, you've found the right ways like within your food choices to kind of have that affect your family in a positive way and mm -hmm. get more healthy choices for the whole family and not just for you. And even though it's a diet that is for you, you know, other, the rest of your family can take parts of that diet and implement it in their lives, whether they recognize it or not. That's how right. <laughs> I'm not sure they recognize it. They're just glad I cooked, you know, <laughs> right. Is there food? Is there protein, meat and potatoes? We're good. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know them. I, I do, actually. <laughs> uh, well, let's talk about the diet a little more, which I thought it was super interesting that, like, okay, so when we first started working together, like, on, on diet and nutrition, we started off doing kind of this tracking your macros and doing a flexible dieting and approach, and I remember you had told me that this chiropractor had issued you a wellness plan in my mind. I'm like, why would you go to a chiropractor for like a diet? <laughs> so but, what, I mean, I know you had mentioned your friend earlier, but like, did that strike you as interesting that a chiropractor was putting together this like whole self wellness plan that included diet versus just like going to get adjustments? Yeah. So, um, and he knows all this cause I've told him. And, uh, so you know, you go in, you make your point. They're like, why are you here? I'm like, um, well, I have MS and I'm here so that Carla will quit calling me every morning. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and I mean, I was just honest. So then I'm in his office, girl, number one, his energy. And I told him this was like, 
a ping pong ball on crack, you know? (laughs) So, uh, so he can look at me and go, you had this problem, this problem, this problem. And I was like, okay, holy crap. Like he hasn't even looked at my medical history or anything. And he could tell by looking at me, all these things that were wrong with me. And I was like, uh, okay, you're like freaking me out a little bit, you know? Um, and so we talked, he talked to me about diet and stuff. And I actually being a therapist and skeptical, like I went and I looked up, you know, the scope of uh, practice for a chiropractor, you know, their licensure, what are they allowed to do, not allowed to do all of that. Cause I'm like, you know, between I'm only here. So Carla will quit calling me and, and not really knowing a chiropractor can really get into more wellness stuff. Um, and his heart is about helping people. And he actually would prefer to have a patient like me um, where he can directly affect their quality of life um, in a much larger level than just an adjustment. And um, so, yeah, I, you know, I saw him and then he went on vacation for a week. So I had like a week's time of like to just really check him out and check out chiropractic care um, all together. And I was able to email him a couple of times and just kind of laid out, you know, everything, you know, everything that's like been a big, huge stressor in my life to how, you know, came to be diagnosed with MS and, and, and all of that. And, and we just kind of started there. Um, so yeah, I really like checked out chiropractic care a lot. (laughs) Well, and that's, so I didn't, what is, I guess the full, can you give us an overview of where where is that scope of practice for a chiropractor because i mean i had no idea that it going in for adjustment (laughs) and i would say um i'm just talking off at the top of my head so anybody listening that really and i'm sure it probably varies from state to state but Mm -hmm. definitely do your own research but i can tell you you know you will have chiropractors that their practice is just based solely on doing adjustments which is is great um but chiropractic care is kind of like, you know, doing occupational therapy or physical therapy that you can get extra training in different areas. Wow. Um, so uh, chiropractic care, you know, they don't prescribe medication and stuff. So it's not like a medical base um, practice. It is about health and wellness. And so, you know, you'll find chiropractors that are uh, have extra training in you know, supplements and diet and acupuncture and um, other different modalities along, you know, those lines. Um, and that kind of is what he does. He he looks at the whole big picture. Um, and I've done acupuncture, you know, with him and, uh, and massage therapy and, uh, and all of that. Um, so yeah, definitely anybody that wants to know more about chiropractic, like check out and do your own research um, in whatever state you live in. But it is, I'm sure it's kind of like, you know, being a therapist, You when you go to school, you get the basics. And then mm-hmm. when you continue in ed, you know, you can kind of take those classes, uh, you know, things that you're more interested in. And he really has built his practice um, about health and wellness. Well, that's amazing. Well, yeah. I'll hopefully get um, anybody's information that we talk about today and put it in the show notes if they're if they're okay with that. Just that way, yeah, anybody sure. kind of. I guess he's in the Dallas area, right? 
Yes, he's in Ennis, which is between, it's probably about 50 miles south of Dallas. Okay, so anybody that's kind of in that area, if they have yeah. a chiropractic need, maybe he's the person they should check out and do some research on. Right. <laughs> and you know, and as far as like, you know, and I'm, I'm in the office and, you know, doing whatever treatments. And so you kind of overhear, you know, other people and what they're going through and, and sit there and talk to them about what they're going through. And I really like him because I do think chiropractors get a bad rap, like ambulance chasers or whatever. But if he cannot help you, he's going to tell you he can't help you and he's going to send you someplace else that he thinks they can help you, you know. Um, and so I really appreciate that about him. He's so genuine in his care. Um, so, yeah. Oh, I love that. So then what, what was, I guess, the initial kind of healthy lifestyle diet that he put you on? What, what did that consist of? And then take us through, like, the different transitions you've had with diet from, you know, macronutrient tracking now all the way up into your ketogenic lifestyle. Okay. <clears throat> well, he put me on uh, what is called an adrenal body type diet, uh, which was developed by another chiropractor, and his name is Dr. Eric Berg. And um, it's really about um, detoxing your body and healing the adrenal glands, which stress is a direct, um, I guess, has a direct impact on your adrenal glands because your adrenal glands are what secretes the hormones that uh, stress causes. You know, mm -hmm. if somebody's chasing you, your adrenal glands are going to release, uh, you know, um, adrenaline so that you can run or uh, stress is going to make your adrenal glands release. Um, oh gosh, I can't think of that another hormone, but it's one they always talk about when you gain weight. And, and so that's why, you know, like, basically, cortisol, cortisol. Yes. <laughs> and, um, and so that's why stress is a huge factor on weight gain or weight loss. Um, sometimes why you can, have your diet correct, but if you don't have your stress under control, you still may not lose weight kind of thing. So, um, so the diet initially began with um, like a liver detoxification over a couple of weeks. <clears throat> and uh, basically it was, you know, some, like all of your carbs and stuff would be, or all your vegetables and fruits would be very low carb, high fiber, um, cruciferous vegetables, you know, like your cauliflower, broccoli, cabbage, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, your fruits would be the ones that were higher in fiber and lower in sugar. So for example, you know, an apple is higher in fiber um, and lower in sugar than a banana. So a banana would not be a choice on my, on that particular diet. Right. Um, that like kind of berries or like pears or exactly exactly so um so i mean that was my diet i didn't really have to track or anything and you didn't i didn't really have to uh and and of course at that time i wasn't eating much of anything so it was kind of a a process of you know reminding myself to eat um so you know I just started doing it and I was like all in. I had nothing to lose. You know, I already felt like crap. So the only place I had to go was up. So right. I was all in and, you know, the weight just kind of started melting off and then, you know, less information in my body and I was feeling better. And, 
you know, so it's kind of like, it's always cause and effect. You know, if I do this and I feel better, then I'm going to keep doing it. If I do this and I feel worse, then, you know, probably you shouldn't do it. Um, so it was just kind of this, you know, the better I felt, the more energy I had and, and everything. And I'll, I'll never forget. I was, had just left Target. I was sitting at the red light and I noticed it was off of cloudy and fixing to rain. And it dawned on me that my, I wasn't in severe pain, which I normally would be. And I texted doc. I'm like, Hey, it's fixing to rain, but I'm not having any pain, you know? And, uh, of course he kind of laughed at me, but it was like, to me, it was kind of a huge victory. Like, you know, I'm doing what I can control, which is my diet. And I'm having huge benefits, you know, from my health on that. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of how my, you know, what my diet entailed and the benefits I got from it. And I maintained that for probably five or six years, um, just eating that way. Uh, of course, there's no sugar. There was no grains or anything like that. Both of those are very inflammatory um, for your body. And, um, you know, so. Yeah. And yeah. And so it's so interesting because I, I remember you making videos about kind of this similar topic. And this was after you went to Panama, um, but you talked about just the smallest of things that probably would have seemed normal to anybody else that were huge wins and huge victories for you just yeah. where you'd been in so much pain through these, just these small things throughout the day. Um, so it's cool. It's cool to hear that just by eating these, these healthy, natural, like more organic type foods, you know, low in sugar, high in fiber, um, helps you get that weight off and helps you be, you know, in less You're right. That's true. So obviously we, when we connected and I was starting to do coaching with flexible dieting and tracking your macros, so you had been on your wellness plan for about five or six years at that point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What, what made you want to work with me? <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, well, I had, I had gradually gotten away from the diet and I, I felt like, you know, working with you could help me get back on that and, uh, and get the weight back down. Mm -hmm. uh, and kind of, you know, I liked you too, and you were helpful. <laughs> <laughs> that was a plus for the almost future daughter-in-law. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well liked. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I had kind of gotten away from it, and I knew that, and I had kind of gotten back into the, uh, I guess with the MS, like my body wouldn't trigger me like you should eat right now um you know my body didn't say oh you're hungry let's have lunch you know it'd be four o'clock in the afternoon and I would go man I don't think I've eaten today you know and and you know you know I've had this conversation on you know you really do need the calories you do need to eat to trigger your metabolism if you're not eating your body kind of goes into starvation mode and you start kind of holding on to the weight mm -hmm. and i think the fact that my body wasn't triggering me to eat it was very helpful to uh to be so purposeful with 
tracking and my macros and uh, and accountability and stuff with you. And I look back now <laughs> uh, to then and trying to track and and even the meal planning. I mean, I'm going, God, I was horrible then, and I totally <laughs> didn't understand it. And because um, you know now I know that I have to plan. You know, I do my best. Like if I sit down on Sunday and I plan all three meals a day for the rest of the week um, versus like, okay, this is what I ate. Let me put it in my tracker, you know, and not even knowing what I'm going to eat for dinner when I eat breakfast. That really doesn't work. And I mean, I will never forget. Do you remember this? Um, <laughs> we had visited friends in Virginia. So we hooked up with you while you were stationed or TDY, whatever you were in DC, we were walking around the caverns and you're like, so there is no reason in the world you ever need to eat 10 ounces of steak at one time. Did I <laughs> you say know? that? <laughs> you know, you're so polite and loving about it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, it really is a huge amount of meat. It is. One. And you, I mean, it's just not necessary. It's right. <laughs> not going to use, it's not going to be an optimal amount. Of, it's more than your optimal amount of protein for a single sitting. Like you're exactly you use those excess calories for, for carbs or for fats, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but that was, that was the extent of my meal plan. It's like, Oh, we're going to Texas roadhouse. Hey, you know, that ribeye looks really good. I think I'll have that. It wasn't about, you know, now I know, you know, doing the keto diet and just having learned so much from you, I I know, like I do 20 carbs a day. I do 76 uh, grams of protein. I do uh, 96 grams of fat. And, you know, I kind of can average that out per meal. Now I may not eat that average per meal, but I know it, uh, at breakfast, if I don't, if I don't eat that, then I'm gonna have to make that up for, you know, lunch or dinner, or I may want to squeeze in, you know, a, a snack or something. Um, but I know I can tell you, I can sit here and tell you what my macros are and the grams for each for the day um, and make some good, good choices for meals. Um, and even like if I haven't, like if I'm, I'm off and I'm not like I'm traveling or I'm hanging out with a friend, I kind of know what the amount of food I can eat and the type of food I can eat on a meal if it happens to be something I hadn't planned ahead on, you know, where then I was like, oh, where it takes this roadhouse, I eat this big steak, you know, and not having any idea how many macros were in that steak versus how many I was supposed to have for the day. Yeah, but I mean, it, obviously it takes, it takes a really a good amount of time. And if I had immediately told you like these are your macros and you need to eat this every day. You should divide it up by meal. Like you would have looked at me like I had eight heads and you probably would have attempted it for a couple of days and then thrown it out the window. Cause it was too much at one time. Right. Right. And I think that's, I mean, with me having to miss, yes, this is a journey. And, and you know, I've had the conversation, like even me doing the keto diet and yes, I still struggle with that some, but I feel like sometimes my journey is a little easier because I have MS and I know I really don't have a, I mean, I guess I do have a choice, but if I want to live a, a healthy, active life, I do have to choose this lifestyle, but anybody choosing, whether it's a keto diet or the flexible, you know, dieting or whatever, it is a journey. It's not, 
and I think if you look at it as a journey and a lifestyle change versus I want to lose 10 pounds before summer so I can wear a bikini, it is going to be a much easier process if you look at it from the standpoint of this is my journey versus I want to wear that bikini this summer, you know? Um, oh yeah, it's a totally, a totally different aspect. And I, I obviously I don't have MS, so I can't relate with you on that level, but I think it was just yesterday I was listening to um, my, one of my coaches videos and I had the same realization that you have when you say, you know, it's almost easier to have MS because it, it just is an automatic elimination of all these other options. But when you're dieting for a show, all of these foods that previously are higher calorie and higher, you know, just higher density with those calories and they're higher sugar, they're higher fat. Those are no longer even in my realm of like things to choose from. So it's just, they're eliminated. It makes it easier to diet or to stick to a specific nutrition regimen. Right. So I definitely understand where you're coming from with that, which is cool. <laughs> right. Well, and then too, you know, if you look at it from the standpoint of a journey, when you have a bad week, you know, which this week hasn't been that great for me. We've already talked about that. But when you have a bad week, you know, that's part of the journey. And you always have the option, you know, of making tomorrow better or even making the next meal better. And mm -hmm. it's not uh, throw your hands up and give up. Yeah, exactly. And we I know we go over that all the time, just not just between the two of us, but like in in my private coaching group, you know, it's so much of this is not just about what you're eating or what you're working out. Um, but it's about that mentality. And it's not like, you know, you hear it all the time is, Oh, I did so bad this weekend or, Oh, I did so bad last week. Or, you know, Oh, I went out to eat once. And so I just figured we're going to F it the rest of the weekend. And exactly. it's, it's a constant part of the journey to kind of bring it back to, okay. So you had some missteps. So what's your next, you know, positive step forward. Like just because you had eight, you know, meals that didn't fit your macros in a row, like, what are you going to do differently on this next one? That doesn't mean you're turning over, you know, what steps are we going to take? Right. You know, what's in your control? And it, it comes back to that almost every time. Exactly. And so when I do have a bad, you know, every once in a while, like I have like a bad few days or whatever, I'm like, man, I need to call Danny. I was this and this. I'm like, you know, I know the answers. You know, I haven't tracked, I haven't planned and, you know, and sometimes I'll call you cause I just need that little kick in the butt. But then sometimes it just makes me go through the list of questions that I know you're going to ask me. And if I know the answers to him, because we've had this conversation before, <laughs> then I just kind of suck it up and do it. And, and I'm just, I get so proud of myself when you and I do like have our weekly check-ins and go, okay, these things happen that I'm not happy with, but here's my plan you know, to make it better next week, you know, mm -hmm. is I feel like I've grown from working with you that um, I can take that next step and go, okay, well, that didn't work or, you know, my week didn't go as planned, but I'm going to change my plan for next week and things are going to be better and, you know, continue to grow. So I feel very pleased and happy with myself that I have learned enough from you that I've gotten to that point. Yay. And I mean, it's a lot of it's you too. Like you do a lot of research on your own, yeah. which, you know, if I could encourage everybody to do that, I, I, I am, I'm going to encourage everybody right now and do a lot of your own research because while as much of the empowerment and, you know, knowledge does come from a coach, a lot of it comes from 
you doing your own research too. I mean, your coach only knows so much. Uh, sometimes it helps when you bring things to my attention and you send me an article and you know, you tell me what your chiropractor told you. And mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know anything about MS before we started working together, but I was able to bring the knowledge of tracking macronutrients and reverse dieting and flexible dieting into your life, which then you've applied and even transformed from, you know, tracking in a high protein, moderate carb, low fat way to ketogenic way, which is high protein, low carb, almost negligible carb. Um, So it's been cool to see you transform and adapt everything that you've learned into these still fairly new concepts in the nutrition and health world. Yeah, I think that is cool. And I love, you know, I love, uh, and I guess it's part of my, just my makeup and I love learning that stuff and, and, you know, and even going back to talking about the stem cell stuff, you know, it's been about seven months since I did treatment, but, um, so about a year ago in December is, or maybe a year ago, January is when my health kind of took that decline, which was just totally 100% stress related. Um, and just so everybody knows, you know, December 1st, my father-in-law was diagnosed with brain cancer with weeks, not months to live. Um, December 7th, my brother literally dropped dead on the sidewalk in front of Walmart straight out of left field, you know, um, then we had to put down our 12 year old lab and then, you know, and then my father-in-law passed away. I mean, we're talking from December 1st, you know, and talk about things you can't control, you know, I can control any of that. Um, I will say what I did control was I delegated a lot where trying to be a control freak, I would have tried to handle everything myself. Um, and, but I, I knew I couldn't do that. And so I do delegate a lot. People that, um, you know, from our church, I mean, they fed us for 21 days straight, you know, and I just, I just called a friend and like, Hey, we need, and she handled it. The rest of that was just opening the front door when somebody rang the doorbell, you know? Um, and I had the best sister-in-law in the world and, you know, she and I, just worked so well together, you know, planning my father-in-law's funeral and, and loving and taking care of my mother-in-law. And, you know, so I did delegate and accept help from everybody who offered it, you know, but still that is so much stress. And, and so, you know, January, I ended up on short-term disability, which by April ended up into long-term disability. And it was probably about March or April last year, um, in the state of Texas, um, a couple of friends, a couple of people I know had gone to, to Panama for stem cell treatment and they had testified in front of the health committee in Texas to make this treatment legal in Texas. And so I've seen that on Facebook and that, um, it kind of made me revisit the whole stem cell, you know, thing. And, um, so I started, you know, talking to them and doing my research again. And I was just like, I just said, Hey, you know, I'm just going to apply, see what happens, you know? And, um, so, and it's such an easy application process. And, and they said, you know, they would reply within five to seven, you know, business days. Well, I got to reply in 24 hours. Um, a good sign. <laughs> I, know, I was like, Whoa, you know, um, 
and they came back and like, this would be your treatment protocol. And, um, and it will cost, you know, right at $25,000 plus my airfare to get there and back. And, you know, it was just so much God's hand in things because, you know, I'm, it's hard for me. Like I will pray for anybody that asks me to, but I've never been one to really ask other people to pray for me. So I emailed everybody who had ever gone on a pilgrimage with me um, and said, look, this is what's going on. I've applied. It's going to cost $25,000. I just want you guys to pray that if this is what I'm supposed to do, that it will happen. And that was just like putting the ball in God's court. And it just started like, you know, this snowball effect. And then, you know, fundraising started and, you know, we raised probably close to $30,000. And uh, so it became a reality really pretty quickly. Um, it really was quick. And I remember Thomas putting up, it wasn't GoFundMe, it was a different site. But he yeah, it was you caring. It was yeah. And they don't take any of your money like some of the other fundraising places do. Right. And that was so cool just because, you know, obviously with all your pilgrimages, it's not, it wasn't just people from your hometown or from your church. It was people all over the U.S. And it was people that you had interacted with on your pilgrimages across the country, across right. the world. <laughs> you across know? the world, yeah. Because yeah. I had, I had uh, uh, the guide that we had on our last uh, pilgrimage to Italy, she sent me $500. I was like, wow, like, you know, it's just crazy. And it was, you know, as we just talked about before we started doing this podcast, one of the other podcasts you did, and I remember in that podcast, y'all talked about gratitude um, and how that can uh, be a huge thing in your health and wellness. And in that specific instance in my life really taught me gratitude and just because I, I sit back and I go, wow, like, I have people stop in my house or text me, go, you home, I'm going to stop by, Can you give me a check for $500 or $1,000, you know, I think my largest contribution is like $2,500, and oh my gosh. how can you not be so grateful and have such gratitude that people care about you that much, you know? It's amazing, and I really, I don't, I don't think I was grateful enough <laughs> for all of these little things that happened in the past couple of years, just being such a prideful individual. I feel like I am. <laughs> I, well, just, you know, after separating from the military, really getting into more of the health and wellness and self-development, literally everybody that I have listened to or watched videos on that is super successful talks about gratitude and there's no coincidence there. Oh. Django. Come here, buddy. Oh. Yeah, it's a uh, it's amazing. It's an amazing thing, you know. Um, and you know, as as humans, we are prideful. That's just how we're made. And uh, and I think humility and gratitude is something that we have to learn. And uh, and when you start, like, you know, you talked about changing your mindset to just purposefully being grateful and having gratitude for things it really can change you know we talked about the stress and negativity I mean it really can just negate negative stuff in your life like you recognize the negative stuff and you can walk away from it or you can take that negative and and make something positive of it and you know and and even just saying that I took this negative year of health 
and listen to people who encouraged me to share my journey. And, and I started my Facebook group to share my journey and, and through encouragement from you and some other people, just, I did some videos that were so real and so raw. Like it was, I guess maybe easy to do in front of just a camera, but I don't think I could have been so real and raw, like to another person. But by sharing those raw moments that were so difficult and I looked horrible and I'm bawling, um, those are the ones that touched other people's lives. And right now, today, um, a girl that's on my Facebook group that has MS is getting her first stem cell treatment in Panama. Oh, yay! <laughs> I mean, that's not cool. That so, is so cool. Taking uh, this negative health thing and, and the deaths in the family and the grief and everything, like I can sit here today and be so grateful for the positives that came out of that. You know, I'm healthy and, and even through the encouragement of sharing these, what could be viewed as very negative things has affected not just how positive my life is, but made positive changes in other people's lives. Uh, and in that group, I have people in that group from all over the world and that just blows my mind. Um, so cool. <laughs> yeah. And like, well, just, you've had a very supportive group of people around you that have been able to help you do that fundraising and give you that confidence to either start the Facebook group or start the YouTube channel or go to Panama. And now that you have been able to share that journey, your journey is now that inspiration for other people to say, Oh, she did it. I can do it too. Right. And that's what I tell people two things is never give up. And my God, if I did it, there is no reason why you can't do it. You know, there's nothing extraordinarily special about me or my journey. It's just my journey. Um, so don't think that, you know, my journey is like up on this pedestal and so just amazing because your journey can be that too. You know, um, it's just ordinary. and You just have to, you know, step out there and do it um, and take the help and take the prayers and take the encouragement. And, um, and like I said, never give up. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, ex again, be grateful sometimes and accept the fact that people want to help you. And um, mm -hmm. I was listening to another podcast, I think it was yesterday, called er the Earn Your Happy podcast with Lori Harder. And mm -hmm. she was talking about how, well, gratitude and how, you know, if you deny somebody else's, you know, simple compliment, you know, you're denying them trying to give you like a blessing and this piece exactly. of gratitude and it's almost, you know, insulting to reject it. So right. we can kind of shift our mindsets to be more grateful for right. just the, the little things that people want to say or want to help with and right. hard to do and that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, you can, uh, you can also apply that to your spirituality, you know, um, because I have been, I mean, how do you, how do you accept $2,500 from somebody because you are so sick and, and, and part of this journey is also those people that donated. I mean, there's a handful of them that shared with me the blessings they received or their conversation they had with God or how it affected their spiritual life to give that to me, you know, so you know, it can be from a gratitude standpoint. It can be from a spirituality standpoint. So, you know, I've learned the gratitude, but I've also learned the humility of 
you know, just take that deep breath and say, thank you when somebody does, you know, offer that. I mean, for me, it was prayers and it was money. Um, I mean, it's very humbling to take $2,500 from somebody, you know, because you feel like that's too much money or you're not, you're not worthy or, um, or your pride gets in the way or whatever. It was, it was very cool for me <clears throat> to have some of the people who prayed for me and donated money for me to go for them to come back and say, you know, I'm so happy for you. Like they were happy for me and my health, but it grew their spirituality to feel like they knew that God had answered their prayers. You know, like they prayed for me, I'm better, God answered the prayers, but it made them feel closer to God because they felt like that he had answered their prayers for me, you know, so it's my, it's my journey to a certain extent, but it certainly affected so many other people that were part of my journey. Oh, I love that. I love that. And it's just, it's like a domino effect in every direction. Exactly. So if, if folks want to find more information on, on you and your journey, I know that you are working on, like you are an occupational therapist, but you're working on, you know, your health coach certification. So where, where could people go to find more information about you? Okay. To find more information about me, I do have a, a Facebook group and it is public. So you can look at it. You can also join. If you join, you'll get you know, notifications whenever I post something. And it's called Martha's MS Stem Cell Story. Um, and then I've started my business page. Like right now, it's pretty much just inspirational stuff. Um, but once I get my health coach certification, it will, be, it will become more of a business page. But it's called Live Strong and Courageous by Martha. Um, and so, and also have YouTube, which is Martha's MS Stem Cell Story. Um, so you can find me in all of those places. If you're interested in stem cell treatment, um, I cannot emphasize enough to do your own research. Um, because here in the United States, what I did is not legal yet. Um, so if you're going outside of the United States, please do your research. But I went to uh, the Stem Cell Institute in Panama. Um, and their website is called cellmedicine.com. They are super responsive. Um, if you have any questions, I totally encourage you to email them and, and ask them. Um, and then they also have um, a Facebook page called the Stem Cell Institute. Um, so definitely, um, even because I've had a lot of people also um, do stem cell treatment for joint and stuff like that. Um, who were inspired from my journey. Um, some people didn't do as much research and, uh, and ended up almost kind of uh, in a situation where they were taken advantage of. And then some people have ended up with really good results. In fact, another friend of mine, um, she was like the first person to call me and encourage me to do fundraising. She did stem cell treatment yesterday in Dallas for rotator cuff tear. Um, and so she's another person that was inspired by my journey. But, you know, she did her research and, uh, and everything and has a really good doctor and, and all of that. So, you know, she's in her 70s. So she's able to do the stem cell treatment instead of surgery, which can be, you know, kind of rough on an older person uh, for rotator cuff. So, um, so, yeah, that's how you can find out information about me and stem cell treatment. Oh, that's amazing. And so tell us then what is coming up for you in the future that you're excited about? Um, 
Well, I'm excited about my health coach um, certification. My test is scheduled, my exam is scheduled at the end of June. Um, I'm so super excited about everything that I'm capable of doing now uh, after stem cell treatment. So I've been super into like doing stuff around the house. Uh, like my kitchen is, uh, I've like redone the kitchen doors, the cabinet doors. Um, painting the cabinets. I just got new French doors. I've sanded and restained my dining room table that was my mom's. Later today, guy's going to come in and measure the house for tile. And all this sounds so mundane and costly, but if you just knew that I have not done anything in this house for the entire time I've had MS, I haven't felt like it. Um, you know, I haven't had the energy for it. I'm just super stoked about <laughs> being able to do whatever I want, you know, um, and that you can do whatever you want at my house this weekend. I plan on it. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to come home to on Sunday? <laughs> you never know. You never know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, it helps that we like the kind of same style. So you're not going to come home to anything wild. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got two more questions for you today because I think we've kind of chatted for a while, but um, you may have already answered this already, so it's okay if this has been repeated, but what has been kind of your most favorite moment of empowering someone through your journey or through kind of discussing, you know, your ketogenic diet or the health coaching just with somebody as of late? Um. Well, I do get super stoked when people, like just yesterday, somebody messaged me asking me a bunch of questions on, on you know, how did, you know, what were my symptoms? How did I go about being diagnosed? Um, I love when I get, uh, like, somebody asked to join the group that's from, you know, Indonesia or wherever. But I have to say that um, Christy Carlson, who's in Panama doing her, her first actual IV treatment of stem cells today, like I have tears in my eyes thinking about and just praying that she has anywhere close to the same results as I've had because she has kids, she has little kids that are still at home and um, her disabilities from the MS uh, are worse than what mine were. She, she does have to use a walker and, um, and you know, so her progression is, was a little bit further along than mine at the time, but you know, it makes me um, just tear up thinking that, God, if she comes home anywhere near feeling as good as I do, then, you know, it, all of my pain and stress and whatever is so totally worth it because it is not, you know, only affect her, but her husband and her kids, you know, her kids, you know, hopefully will grow up with a mom that has the energy to participate in their lives, you know. I feel blessed that my kids were older, you know, when I was diagnosed and that um, it didn't affect their lives as much as um, it could have if they were little. Or I even have a friend that has MS that she's pregnant right now, um, you know, and she had to make all these decisions about treatment and stuff and, and through her childbearing years. And I'm like, I'm so grateful that, you know, I was beyond that when I was diagnosed, but I think to know for sure that Christy is in Panama right now as we speak as a direct, um, you know, result of my journey and sharing it. Like, that's huge to me.
I don't know if she'll ever like, you know, totally grasp, like, just I'm there with her, you know, I'm like, you know, reading for her and praying for her, um, you know, and it makes my journey worth it to know that she's there. Oh, well, I'm sure she, I'm sure she can feel it because, uh, I mean, that's just a very, I'm sure y'all had just a crazy connection, you know, when you were in Panama to, to, again, the humbling and the gratefulness for everybody that's kind of been a part of the process to get you there. So yeah. you'll, have to, you'll have to keep us posted on your channel with um, maybe her story a little bit too. Yes. Yes. And I have been encouraging her to share her story, take pictures along the way. Um, you know, so I have posted, hopefully they'll do an update today. And uh, I'm sorry, the doorbell rang. Hopefully, you know, she'll share her journey along the way and I can kind of continue to share it. Bell's not going to stop barking. Awesome. All right, I have one, one more question for you. <laughs> All right, so you have 30 seconds on an elevator ride with somebody. And they ask, how can I be empowered to take the next step on my health and fitness journey? What do you tell them? Oh, man, 30 seconds? Yeah, you only got 30 seconds. <laughs> um, I would tell them to follow my page, tell them to follow your page. Um, never give up and do your own research. Oh, I love that. A little bit of science, a little bit of love. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, Martha, thank you so much for being here today and, and chatting with us and just sharing your story. And I know that as much as it's reached people already, it's only going to reach more people after this goes out. So I'm super excited for that. So thank you. Thank you. And I've enjoyed sharing my uh, journey with you on a more professional, in a more professional way. Yeah. <laughs> Usually it's just weekly phone calls, but this has exactly. been a little different. <laughs> Mother-in-law, daughter-in-law conversation. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much again. And everyone listening, thank you so much for being here. I know it's been a lengthy episode, but hopefully you really enjoyed it and got into the story. Um, if you did enjoy it, then please, please, please share this episode with a friend that might need to hear it. Um, and make sure you click that subscribe button so that you can be sure to support this podcast and help us get other amazing guests onto uh, this podcast for you guys. So thanks so much. And we'll catch you in the next one. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for spending time with me today and listening to the fitness empowerment podcast. If you felt empowered to make a change in your life and take the next step on your health and fitness journey, then please do me a favor and take a moment to share this episode with a friend who needs to hear this message. This podcast is available via iTunes, SoundCloud, and Anchor, which shares to a multitude of other platforms, so make sure you check out the platform that you enjoy most. And if you really, truly do enjoy this content, then please do me another favor and go over to iTunes, give this podcast a five-star rating and an honest review, and that will truly help the podcast to grow and reach as many people as possible. So thank you in advance for that. Also, if you know of someone, perhaps a friend or family member that has been through a huge struggle in their fitness and health journey and they have overcome that struggle, please pass them on to me. I would love to hear about their journey and share it with the rest of the world. Until next time, cheers to your next leap of strength.